Zero COVID, zero success. China's infamous zero COVID policy is falling apart. Protests, international critique. It has all come home to roost for the world's largest nation. The government scrapped the policy last month. Now COVID is surging. The Chinese COVID death toll from the beginning of December stands at 22. At least that's the official number. But recent COVID-related deaths of Chinese celebrities has led to questions. Is the government telling the truth? How can a nation of over a billion have so few deaths? Add to this reports and rumors of hospitals and crematoriums being overwhelmed. One report saying hospitals have asked patients to bring their own beds. Meanwhile, bodies are burning in the streets. Gruesome funeral pyres, the result of overwhelmed funeral homes. We can't control death. It comes for us all. But Christians know that Christ will defeat death on the last day, and we will be raised, never to be sick or die again. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And here on Monday, we're starting a new series called What Do We Do Now? The holidays have come and gone. We're just over a week into a new year. Maybe some of us have made our resolutions that we're already slipping on. The after-holiday letdown is truly real. You might find yourself asking, what do I do now? And that's the question I want us to ask this week. What do we do now? What do we do now that the holidays are over? What do we do now that our family has gone home and the decorations are mostly put away and life has gone back? Now that the newness of a new year is already starting to fade, what do we do? And my suggestion to you is a simple one. We do what Christians have always done. We turn back to God's Word, and we continue to follow the Lord Jesus by faith. That's what we do. In a moment, we're going to turn to Psalm 1. We'll read about God's rhythms of grace and mercy for His people. And we're doing that even as we think about Charles Spurgeon and his commitment to the Bible in the morning and in the evening. Rhythms come seasonally, but they also come daily. And even at the end of Spurgeon's life, he was Sunday after Sunday pointing his flock to Jesus Christ. In fact, you hear that in the final sermon he ever preached. And yes, I did say here. He ate Spurgeon's last words at the Metropolitan Tabernacle, June 7, 1891, recited by his son and successor, Thomas Spurgeon, Edison Bell Records. That was not Charles Spurgeon, but it was his son, Thomas, who was also a preacher. About 14 years after his father's death, somebody decided to record a portion of his father's last sermon. Thomas said, It is cause for real regret that none of my late dear father's words were preserved by means of the phonograph. Perhaps the next best thing is for me, his son and successor, to repeat what proved to be his passing message. Well, stay with me. We're going to hear a portion of this recording later in the program. It is inspiring, and I think it will be worth your wait. Then after the program, I want to send you the daily devotional Spurgeon wrote called Morning and Evening. I really do believe this special book will help you get into the rhythm of reading God's Word on a daily level. One page in the morning, 
another page for the evening, and with every short devotional based on God's Word to help you know it better throughout this year. And we have it for you in a special edition with gold-stamped binding and easy-to-read typesetting. Plus, I really like how they've gently adapted Spurgeon's language for those of us reading today. I'd like to share this with you after the program when you make your first-of-the-year gift to Haven Today. You'll just need to call us at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit us on our website and make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And if you still want the perfect 2023 wall calendar, ask about our All Living Things calendar that we still have for your gift. Brilliant pictures of animals, great and small, and every month there is a scripture to remind you of our glorious creator. And now let's open the program. A song we haven't heard in a while, but a song worth hearing again by Matt Redman. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like this.
Matt Redman opening the program on this Haven Today called What Do We Do Now? That, of course, was 10,000 Reasons. Bless the Lord. I'm Charles Morris. The Christian life is full of rhythms, isn't it? We repent. We seek forgiveness. We breathe in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we breathe out our need for reconciliation. Work all week. Rest and enjoy the Lord with the Lord's people at church. We just came out of one of the biggest Christian rhythms for us anywhere, the Christmas season, what some call Advent, a specific time every year that we focus on the coming of Christ into this world, the fulfillment of promises made by the prophets, the arrival of our Savior. Now that's a rhythm that we can participate in as Christians. I know some people are afraid of the structure and the rhythm because it seems like going back to a legalistic way of life. But God's people have been living life in rhythm for thousands of years. Think about the Old Testament for a second. The very first pages of the book of Genesis lay down a rhythm. Six days of work, then a day of rest. The Sabbath that Israel was commanded to keep. Their rhythm of rest, one day a week. It was based on the Lord's activity in creation. And when he rescued them from Egypt, he didn't just give them a weekly rhythm. He gave them a yearly rhythm. The law told Israel when the holidays were to occur, when they were to focus especially on the Lord's grace in the Exodus, when they were to focus on his goodness in providing a harvest. These were rhythms they looked forward to, and they celebrated, just like the Sabbath on the seventh day. Every seventh year, the entire land of Israel was to take a Sabbath. No planting, no cultivating, just letting the land rest and allowing the Lord to provide. Rhythms have been a part of the life of God's people way before Advent. So what do we do now? We do what God's people have always done. We turn to his word, and we walk in his word. And I cannot think of a better place to turn to than Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night? That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous, For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. That's Psalm 1, from what has been called the Psalter. And I can remember meditating on that on the Temple Mount on my very first time I ever traveled to Israel and Jerusalem. It's a beautiful invitation to walk with the Lord night and day. An invitation into living a life of blessedness. That's what the entire psalm invites us into. Blessed is the one who does not walk, stand, or sit with evil. It's not enough just to not participate in evil, but we must not sit or stand by and let it happen either. Instead, Psalm 1 invites us into a life of blessing as we follow the Lord in his word. Did you hear the rhythms? Day and night, meditating on his word, bearing fruit in season, This is the life the Lord wants for us, a life bearing fruit, 
a life marked by dependence on him and his word, like a tree planted by a stream. His word provides us nourishment, helping us bear fruit. It starts with the Lord, who plants us by a stream, and it ends with the Lord, watching over us as we walk with him. This is why we turn to his word. This is why we meditate on it day and night. I want to go back to the Prince of Preachers for a minute. Charles Spurgeon understood that invitation. He published his morning devotions in 1865, and three years later, he published his evening devotions. And then a year after that, the morning and evening devotions were published together. And since then, Spurgeon's morning and evening devotions have reached and blessed many. My friend Ted Staunton has recorded himself reading many of these entries. Listen now to his reading from Spurgeon's devotion on July 16th. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as he needed. Exodus 16:21. Work to maintain a sense of your entire dependence upon the Lord's goodwill and pleasure for the continuance of your richest enjoyments. Never try to live on the old manner, nor seek to find help in Egypt. All must come from Jesus, or you are undone forever. Old anointings will not suffice to impart unction to your spirit. Your head must have fresh oil poured upon it from the golden horn of the sanctuary, or it will cease from its glory. Today you may be upon the summit of the mountain of God, but he who has put you there must keep you there, or you will sink far more speedily than you dream. Your mountain only stands firm when he settles it in its place. If he were to hide his face, you would soon be troubled. If the Savior should see fit, there is not a window through which you see the light of heaven which he could not darken in an instant. Joshua commanded the sun to stand still, but Jesus can shroud it in total darkness. He can withdraw the joy of your heart, the light of your eyes, and the strength of your life. In his hand your comforts lie, and at his will they can depart from you. Our Lord is determined that we shall feel and recognize this hourly dependence, for he alone permits us to pray for daily bread, and alone promises that your strength will equal your days. Isn't it best for us that it should be so, that we may often go to his throne and constantly be reminded of his love? Oh, how rich the grace which supplies us so continually and does not refrain itself because of our ingratitude. The golden shower never ceases. The cloud of blessing tarries forever above our habitation. Oh, Lord Jesus, we would bow at your feet, conscious of our utter inability to do anything without you. And in every favor which we are privileged to receive, we would adore your blessed name and acknowledge your unexhausted love. That was Ted Staunton reading for us a morning devotional by Charles Spurgeon from Morning and Evening. They gathered all they needed every day, another rhythm, a rhythm of grace that we can have too. The Lord's mercies are new every morning. The milkman used to come by in the early morning and leave milk by our door. 
and all you had to do in the mornings was open your door and collect your milk. The mercies of Christ are new, just like that. We just open the word and collect what we need for the day. And by his spirit, he will nourish us. And by his strength, we will bear fruit. What do we do now? We trust. We collect his mercies. We take what we need. And we walk by faith in the Lord who loved us and gave himself for us. Every morning that breaks, there are mercies anew. Every breath that I take is your faithfulness proved. And at the end of each day, when my labors are through, I will sing of your mercies anew. When I fall and straight, there were mercies anew, for you sought me in love, and my heart you pursued in the face of my sin. Lord, you Thank you.
That's Sovereign Grace and Mercies Anew. Bob Coughlin of Sovereign Grace sharing that with us here on this Haven today. Well, when we began our time together, I mentioned and we heard a little bit of a recording by Thomas Spurgeon, one of the sons of Charles Spurgeon. It was recorded in 1905 on a phonograph, so the quality is not that great. But I think you will be able to make out the closing words of his father's final sermon that he preached just before he died. It was preached on June 7, 1891. I want you to listen now to Charles Spurgeon as read by his son, Thomas. If there is anything that is closer, generous, kind, and tender, yea, lavish, and superabundant in love, you always find it in him. His service, his life, peace, joy. Oh, that you would enter on it at once. God help you to enlist under the banner of Jesus Christ. I can only pray that my final words would be so Christ-focused. I know it was a little hard to understand, so let me read for you the last couple of sentences. Speaking of Jesus, Spurgeon said, If there is anything that is gracious, generous, kind, and tender, yea, lavish and superabundant in love, you will always find it in him. His service is life, peace, and joy. Oh, that you would enter on it at once. God help you to enlist under the banner of Jesus Christ. Well, all I can say is amen and amen. And like Charles Spurgeon's son said, we don't have any recordings of his father's preaching, but we do have this very helpful and inspiring devotional called Morning and Evening with Charles Spurgeon. It was written more than 150 years ago, but these devotions by Spurgeon continue to encourage Christians with the message of God's grace and love. He wrote every meditation on a single verse of Scripture one for a morning and one for an evening. Each one will inspire and encourage you to rely on God every day in this new year. And one other thing, the volume that we have for you has a gold-stamped binding with easy-to-read typesetting, and the language has been gently adapted using the words of Spurgeon for readers in the 21st century. And here at the beginning of 2023, This is the perfect time to take up the challenge to focus again and more intensely on God's Word. Why don't you call us right now? And for your gift to the ministry, we'll send you a copy of Morning and Evening. You just need to call us at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. And you can also go online to our website and make your gift there at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. And if you do go online, and I would encourage you to do that, maybe you still need a calendar to use for 2023. Well, we still have ours, and it's got an amazing theme called All Living Things, and it features pictures of animals, both great and small, and along with it, monthly scripture that will remind you of God's daily presence in your life. 
Ask about it when you call or read more when you visit us there at our website, haventoday.org. In not too many days, we're going to be doing a series on Jesus and money. And I'd love to feature how you are being a good steward with your finances in the midst of inflation. Call 1-800-65-HAVEN and let the person know that you'd like to record your testimony for us to possibly use on the air. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me here on Monday. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we get to share the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. There's a big difference, astronomical actually, between the religions of the world and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the easiest way to see it is to think about children. Children teach us a lot. In fact, Jesus said in the book of Matthew that our faith ought to be like a child, especially when we make a mistake. Religions of this world tell us to hide. The gospel tells us to seek and to knock and to ask for help. When we sin, religious says, I hope dad doesn't find out. The gospel says, I better tell dad. Christ frees us from fear and from hiding and frees us into a life of love because of our gracious Heavenly Father. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.